You're listening to the Wanna Listen Wellness Podcast, episode number 19. Welcome to the Waterless and Wellness Podcast. I'm Jennifer Schreckengost. I consider myself a healthy-ish foodie, a waterless junkie, a coffee connoisseur, and an e-learning expert, and your host for the next hour or so. So pull up a seat, grab a cup of coffee, and come listen to conversations with real people who are all learning how to eat well, live well, and travel often. And welcome back to the podcast. So today on episode 19, we are going to be talking with Alexandria Nolan from alexandrianolan.com. Alex is joining us for a Wanderlust episode, which are quickly becoming my favorite episodes. Alex is a travel writer and an author. She has seven books available for purchase on Amazon that we'll talk about in the episode. And then her eighth book is launching in January. Um, She is also the perfect example of someone who has, you know, gone away from the norm of what society has put forth in front of so many of us and has created a career around something that she absolutely loves and has successfully created a location independent business, which means she can essentially work from almost anywhere in the world. And she has some beautiful worldly travels under her belt. So, Without um, giving away any more of the details, let's jump right into the episode. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Alexandria Nolan with us, um, who is joining us for a Wanderlust episode. Welcome, Alex. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm glad to have you today. Alex is what I think of as the perfect example of someone who has created a career around something she loves while also successfully creating what I refer to as a location indie business or a career that allows you to travel um, and outside of the normal schedule. So I'm excited to dive into these topics with you today. Awesome. I'm ready. And before we get started, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about like your backstory of how like where you started and and um, how you got to today with your writing career. Okay. Well, um, I started off in college. I was an English major at the University of Michigan. And um, right after, that was like 2008. So it was right when the, you know, all the bad economy things happened. Uh-huh. And there was no jobs in Michigan. And I had never been the kind of person who wanted to leave. But I kind of had to, you know, needs must. So I left and moved to Texas. And in Texas, you don't have to have a teaching degree to teach. So I started teaching. And I have one now. I have a teaching certification. Uh-huh. So I taught but I taught for years. I taught English and I taught history. Ooh. And I taught, yep, taught U.S. history. I taught English. I taught language arts to younger kids. I taught kind of fifth grade, seventh grade, tenth grade, eleventh grade, ninth grade. I taught a lot of things. And then um, uh, my husband and I got married, and I really decided to go into yoga. And so, because his job is like fifty hours a week, and it was mm-hmm. just too much. We live in downtown Houston. He drives the opposite direction. So he's going east and I was going west. So we were both driving like an hour each way a day. So two hours on the road, different directions. It was getting really stressful. And uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the most, you know, what I think of as the most Zen career ever. I'm going to be a yoga teacher. (laughs) But when I, so I became a yoga teacher, but the job I got out of becoming a yoga teacher was, um, I was like, Hey, I I call all these companies. And I was like, I'd love to teach yoga for you. And nobody was hiring. 
And so I was like, oh, shoot, you know, what have I done? What have I done? Because <laughs> I'd quit teaching. And uh, they said, so the, finally one company said, well, we need somebody to do our social media and to write blogs for us. So that's really where it began was I got this te yoga teaching certification, but I ended up going back and using my English degree. Your English background. Yes. And uh, so from there, I did my, you know, I started my own personal blog. And then I thought after I had that for about six months, I thought, you know, I'm going to write, I'm going to write a book. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And so I've been doing, I've been writing books and writing for the blog ever since. And that was in what, 2013. So I was going to ask you, when, when was your first published book? 2013. Okay. It was a, a really terrible book that's not available. <laughs> Yep, Did you self-publish? I self-published that book, and um, it's very embarrassing. So I just like, <laughs> I mean, it's bad. So. <laughs> but I think we all have that starting point, no matter what we're doing, like whether you're writing a book or starting a blog or, you know, pictures on food photography, we all have that first product or that first, you know, go oh, at yeah. it. We're, we're, like, I will look back at even like my food pictures from when I started the blog two years ago. And I'm like, Oh my God, yes. like I can't, I need to like not share this because <laughs> the picture is terrible. Oh, I look back at some of my old Instagram posts and I'm like, what were you doing? <laughs> what is your life? So yes. But I was insanely pleased with that first book at first. Well, yeah, because it's like a prize, you know, like it, it's it's something that you produced yourself. Yes. Yeah. But now it's kind of old. Like they come in and I'm like, well, there's another one to put on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I did it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's funny that that's how it began. It began with just wanting to try something different. And I thought I was going in the direction of, of wellness more. Uh-huh. And instead it was like, oh no, like you can kind of do wellness, but you should be writing. So uh -huh. it's kind of the universe. And now me. you just, uh, like that is your a hundred percent career. You just, you know, are the, an author. You don't, I mean, do you do anything else out, outside of writing your books? Well, for a few years, I didn't do anything else. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the last, the last couple of years, last two years, yeah. I um, went back and I do very, very part-time work at the school district uh -huh. um, just to kind of get out of the house because yeah. um, I feel like I, I do write more and I write better when I get some time out and then have more structured time. Uh -huh. but, that, but it's nice because it's the kind of contract job where I can just say, listen, I'm going on a trip or a magazine is sending me here and I won't be here this week. And so, uh -huh. and they're like, okay, so it's three days a week. Five hours a day. It's like the greatest part. There you go. Ever. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So mm -hmm. let's talk about your travel because part of, um, you know, I follow you on Instagram and I absolutely love the places that you go. Um, you have amazing travel stories and trips that, you know, underneath your uh, waterless belt. Um, when did you start traveling or when did you decide, you know, like, tell me about your, like your, your travel story. So, um, I had never really been anywhere. Uh, I, you know, grew up in Michigan. My family traveled around Michigan a lot when I was growing up, but just Michigan. You know, mm -hmm. I guess we did like the odd trip to Disney World or whatever. But I was 22 years old. I'd never been out of the country. Um, I, and not that I didn't want to. It just, I was kind of happy where I was at. Like, uh -huh. I liked my life. So, you know, I just, I didn't feel that void or anything. But when I graduated, my mother was like, because I was going to be moving down to Texas and my mom had this big dream 
that we were going to do like this mom and daughter trip to the Amalfi coast of Italy. And I was like, okay, you're paying like, that's great. (laughs) And so we went and of course we had very different expectations for the trip. I was like, I want to meet all the people that are my age and I want to see what the town is really like. And I want to, you know, explore all the things that, you know, tourists aren't seeing. And my mom was like, let's go to every church that has ever existed. Let's hold hands, mother and daughter style and whatever. Obviously, it's, the trip did not end up great <laughs> for our mother-daughter relationship. <laughs> but I walked away with, oh my gosh, the world is so much bigger. Like my whole perspective was changed completely. And all I could think about was how do I, how do I go next? Where, mm-hmm. How do I get there? And so um, I didn't really get a chance. I got into my career. It's really hard when you're first starting out to afford yeah. to travel. But when my husband and I got married, or right before we got married, we were like, that was like, we met online. And so on our online profile, we both were like, travel, must travel, you know, like you have to travel. All of his pictures, all of his pictures on um, match.com were like him in different countries. And I was like, this is the guy. And and that's kind of been our big thing. That's how we connect. And so Uh now whenever, like we plan between the magazine sending me places and just us, we end up going to, we end up going abroad five or six times a year. Uh-huh. That's what I thought. Cause it seemed like you're abroad a lot. So when you say the magazine, so you have ma- merged your writing career with maybe like, what is it, like freelance writing or travel writing? Travel writing. Um, yes. I work with a few different magazines, um, consistently. Mm-hmm. So one of them's called my city. And the other one's called Women to Women. And the other one, all the other stuff is freelance. So I can just write something. I'll send it into Afar or I'll send it into Condé Nast or whatever. And if they like it, they buy it. And if they don't, they're like, bye. You know, and yeah. then I'll, I'll use it somewhere else usually. Um, but I um, sometimes I'll get it's, – it's really hard to be like a, a travel writer and get paid for your trip fully paid for. Uh-huh. But what you usually end up with is – perks like less you pay less at the hotel you get a lot of your meals for free your things uh-huh. like that and so it makes traveling easier when you know we have to pay for food this trip or yeah. <laughs> whatever it is so that's um that's how we got started doing that is we just i found somebody who wanted to do what i was doing too and we do it together uh-huh so. and so and so when you started traveling were you still um, when you started traveling abroad, were you still in the classroom where you had a job that made me limited? Yes. So then we were only going during like Christmas or, uh-huh. or spring break, um, summer. But then the nice thing about teaching, it was summers are off. Yeah. Yeah. So we went for like, you know, our honeymoon was like three weeks in Italy or something. And so we get to do it and we, you know, we, we do it a little bit differently or maybe not, but we don't do a lot of t- tours. We mm-hmm. We like, we really like renting a car and driving around yes. ourselves. Yeah. We, um, I know that like in some places, a lot of people are afraid to do that kind of I was going to say, do you find that challenging in, in other countries? No, he does. Well, mm, it's hard. He, <laughs> so my husband's like a really, he's a, he's a nervous driver uh-huh. and I'm not. Um, but when we get to other countries, for some reason, he likes to take over. But <laughs> we, we usually end up splitting it up, especially it does get kind of hairy in places like, you know, Ireland or in England where you're on the opposite side of the road and the opposite side of the car. Uh-huh. But, um, 
I don't know. It's kind of part of the fun. It's like you get to see less when you're not doing your own driving. Yeah. So we like to, we just, when, even when we travel, you know, within the United States, like we prefer to rent a car, you know, drive ourselves so we can go like explore things or like, you know, things that the locals recommend. And I've always thought about that because the, my next, like, or like my first, because we've not traveled internationally. And that is like something that like I'm dying to do. And the first place I want to go is Scotland. <laughs> but I was reading the story once that the, um, it was about um, some people that ventured over there and they decided to rent a car and they were like, don't ever do it. It was a nightmare. Like they were lost in the, you know, the middle of nowhere. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I'm like, it's gotta be possible. <laughs> oh no, it was, I would say... We went, we went to Scotland last year at this exact time of year, and we rented a car. We were in Edinburgh, and we drove up to, um, like, near the Highlands and uh-huh. stuff, up to Glencoe, and it was completely fine. We had no okay. at all. I would say it's much more terrifying to drive in Ireland because their <laughs> roads are, like, this big. Uh-huh. And you're like, I, and there's only, like, there's only not even hardly room for your car. And you're like, I hope you're like praying, please, no one else ride on this road today. There's like a cow in the road. No, that's terrifying. <laughs> Scotland, piece of cake. Okay. Well, there you go. Mental note. We can yes. a car in Scotland. <laughs> so once you got to travel more or, or let, let's just say, you, you know, you got to, you, you started traveling and then you started to, you know you know, write more and make that transition. So you've essentially created, you know, a location indie career. Um, I'm assuming that you would want to like, I mean, that's kind of like your goal now. So like when you said, like, even when you went back to the school district, like you kept like that at a very, like you only took on something that still allowed you to travel. Yes, absolutely. Okay. okay. Like, I, like I had told them, like they were like, can you work? You know, they wanted me to work every day. I said, no, uh-huh. three days a week. I still have to write. I still have my deadlines. I still have, you know, I have to submit by, you know, X day every month for these two different magazines. I still have my own personal writing deadlines. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that was very important for me. And I know a lot of other women that I'm friends with do, that do work from home primarily, they say the same thing that they need to get out of the house uh-huh. to do something, even if it's just volunteering. But that you also have to make that a priority. So with my boss, I mean, I'm getting, I, mean, I get paid really good money because I have a teacher certification and they pay you really well to do that contract work. So it's a specialist thing. Uh-huh. But I tell them like, this is, my job is writing. I'm here to uh-huh. help, but I need to do what I need to do too. And they've yeah. been really, and they, you know, and that's worked out really well for me. So. And I think that's important. I think that's an important part. That's why I wanted to talk about that is because I think people um, sometimes have the misconception that if they're going to create, you know, like, well, some people think like just creating a career around something you love or a location indie career is just like impossible, or it's got to be like all or nothing. But, but in reality, I mean, there are ways to ease into it. Like, you know, asking for more telecommute work where you have the flexibility to work from any location or, you know, if you have something that you're doing on your own, but maybe it's not making, you know, like a full income, like picking up contract work or freelance work that you yeah. have control over the, the scheduling as well. And like where you're working from, um, that, but will also bring in additional, you know, income. I think there's a lot of ways that you can advocate for yourself and that you can create multiple streams of, of revenue so that you can make it happen if that's really what you want to do. Yeah. I feel like I feel like sometimes as women, it's hard to set those boundaries. For me personally, I like to please people. I don't like to let people down. And so my boss, especially this year said, I really need you to come in Fridays. And I said, I'm sorry. (laughs) 
um, even if I told you I could, I leave for, you know, I leave for trips and stuff on Fridays. So uh -huh. it's really not good for either of us. I can't do that, but I will be there every day, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And uh -huh. she, and you know, it's, and off, more often than not, I find that as long as you're straightforward and you're honest and you set those boundaries clearly, people respect that. Yes. They're like, oh, yeah. I'd have you than not have you. So. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Don't be afraid to negotiate for yourself. I've done that myself. I've negotiated um, positions where I could work from home more or work from home hundred percent. And, you know, more times than not, they're, they're cool with it. As long as you, you know, you know, you know, come to them with a plan and, you know, show them that you're going to, yeah. you know, you can actually do it then. Yeah. So, okay. So let's, um, let's shift gears a little bit from okay. travel and I want to know more about the books that you have published. And okay. I want to know, and now that I know that you have a history degree, do you bring in some of that knowledge, some of that history background into your books? I bring a lot of it in, actually. Most of my books that are historical uh -huh. are, um, well, I would say most of my books are historical. I was going like to what, what genre do you, are most of your books typically, what do they fall in? Oh, I would say they're sort of historical romance, but not uh -huh. romance, not like, you know, no, no like heaving breasts or anything like that. <laughs> I'm not really, no bodice rippers or anything like that. But, um, you know, like to kind of, you know, like lead you up to a scene and then close the door and let them have their time. I don't, uh -huh. I mean, my grandmother reads my books and <laughs> I don't. I don't need, I don't need any comments. Uh, plus I feel like there's a little bit, there's something to leaving things to the imagination a little bit, but, um, they're romantic, they're historical romance mostly, or I guess they are historical fiction with elements of romance, I guess, uh -huh. but that, and they also have a little bit of fantasy. I like, um, not like Harry Potter style, but I do like, like, I like a little bit of magic. I like a little bit of, um, those type of fantasy elements. Uh -huh. I like witches, like so, like good a, so like an Outlander, <laughs> sort of like that, but not like that. I mean, there are some things in Outlander where I was oh. like, I can't read this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, there are some things in Outlander that I was like, I would be embarrassed to write this down. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I will say that I guess they do, do get a little steamy in parts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even you know, there's there's some there's some upsetting things that happen in there too. Uh -huh. but, yeah, but yeah, but no, nothing like nothing like that. Um, but yes, yeah, romantic. Um, they're all mostly set in Michigan. Uh -huh. I can't think of any that aren't. I mean, I, one of my books of short stories is set uh, in a different city. Are like different cities all over the world. Um, most of them are set in Michigan. I do a lot of research for those. I took mm -hmm. Michigan history in college and in high school. Um, I, 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 I research them pretty extensively. I have some contacts at different historical societies and things in Michigan who help with books and send me things. My dad's always tracking down old books and old writings and, and setting them along. So I research pretty extensively for all of my books. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, because I don't want, I, I do have the occasional person who writes and says like, actually that company didn't open until <laughs> July and you said it opened in April. And I'm like, no one else cares. So we're, yeah. <laughs> but they are researched very extensively. So, uh -huh. Uh -huh. But, but I think that that makes it more authentic. It makes it more real, like something you can kind of sink your teeth into. And, um, but you, at the same time, it, it is historical fiction. So uh -huh. 
Historical fiction is actually my absolute favorite um, uh, genre. When I taught fourth grade, um, I just loved, like, uh, it had a a huge um, history component um, that I was my favorite. And I loved teaching um, some of those concepts or, you know, embedding historical fiction into the the units when I taught. It was, like, my favorite. Um, And so, and I have a, I have a, degree in American history just because that's just like something I love to do or I love. So I decided to get a master's degree in that, but so I can appreciate the research and the, in the historical fiction genre because it's my favorite. I like that. And when I taught history to high schoolers, I always liked it because it was one of those things where I didn't feel bad showing videos or showing clips. Uh That's that feel like the best way to to see history is to watch it or to like to really dive deep into people's stories. Mm Mm-hmm. And whereas, you know, with other subjects, you, you can't really do that. You know, there isn't so much, it's, it's less, it's, it's yeah. history is more of a visual than uh-huh. are. And so I like bringing that to life in books too, and uh-huh. putting people in a time period that they have never thought about or never experienced and now they can. So uh-huh. how many books do you have published at this time? I think, hold on. I have a, let me see. One, two, uh, seven. Okay. And do you have any new ones in the works right now? I do have one in the works right now. Um, it's kind of the first book that I published that I'm not ashamed of. Was set, <laughs> yes. It's set in an asylum that's near where my dad lives. Um, it's, an, it's not an asylum anymore. It was like taken down in the 80s. And, but it's from the late 1900s. And... It's really a beautiful, gorgeous building. It looks like an American castle or something. Uh-huh. It's very creepy because, <laughs> you know, it's an insane asylum. Yeah. Uh, so the first book that I wrote, I set there in the 1930s. Well, this time I wanted to go back and I set it in the right, – right after it opened. Uh-huh. Um, kind of based on some, some other – some stories I read about other asylums. So the story that that's, the book is based on is kind of true, which makes it mm-hmm. even more creepy. Um, but yeah, I love, you know, I love learning about that hospital. I love, you know, thinking about what kind of people, you know, cause back then women could get sent to the asylum for kind of right anything, anything. Like yeah. Reading too many books. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'd yeah. be committed. So, uh, yeah. And I like, that's what I've got in the works now. And it's called forget me, not blue. It should be out in January. I was going to say, when is it? So January is when is, you know, okay. And, and where can they find your books? Uh, all the books are available on Amazon, okay. uh, Barnes and Noble. Um, there's a few independent bookstores that carry them. Okay. They're not like at, um, yeah, but they're all, they're all on Amazon. They're easy to get. The Kindle versions are all pretty inexpensive. Uh-huh. Okay. And I'll, and I'll include a link. Um, I think you have a link on your website, um, that connects. And so we'll, we'll include that in the show notes and, and, um, in case anybody wants to check out any of your your books. So of your eight, you said we had published, right? Or seven, uh, six, seven on, or no, what am I talking about? I've got seven books, seven (laughs) and eight is coming out in January. Okay. So of those seven, which one is like your absolute favorite? That's like picking your favorite child. I know. <laughs> well, it depends on what you like, honestly. I, I have two books of short stories, and some people love short stories. I don't. I never really pick them up, but uh-huh. I like writing them. And but a lot of people that that do like them are like, oh, I love them. They're the perfect thing for busy people because you can 
read one and put it down and not worry about it. So um, the last book I wrote is called Scatter the Night, and it is a book of short stories. I would say that one's really good, but I would say my favorite book that I've ever written is called The Word Collector, and uh, it's just a lovely book. I wrote it when I was kind of in a, in a weird part of my life, and it's very raw and very true, but it's also kind of, you know, historical and cool, so uh-huh. I would say The Word Collector. Awesome. Now, this may, you, you may not be there, and that's totally okay, but are any of your books available on, like, Audible for, like, an audio version? They are, and I have thought about it. I've been contacted about it by, by Amazon, and... I don't know. It's it's a it's kind of a tough thing because the author, as an author, you can narrate your own and put it down uh-huh. on, on Audible, but it's kind of one of those things where you reread over your books and you go, I, I know, I think I would just feel really foolish doing it, but uh-huh. it is something I've been thinking about. It's something that people have been asking for. Uh-huh. You might see something in. I'm a, I'm an Audible junkie. I, I used to have a very long commute, um, over an hour one way, um, and so like Audible and podcasts were like my best friend. Um, now that I work from home, um, you know, now, like, I don't, I, I feel like I, I'm like trying to find time to listen to podcasts and my audiobooks. but I was just curious of the listeners. Cause I know, you know, like I have a lot of friends that listen to audible, so I wasn't sure if they were available in an audio version. They are on the, the cool thing about the Kindle app though, and we have in your phone is like, I bust that out at the doctor's office and read my book. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. You know, or like in line at the, it's better than just like, you know, zooming through Facebook, you know, for the hundredth time or checking out Instagram right for the to, see the, time. to see the same things over and over <laughs> yes so this is like you're actually doing something for your brain so <laughs> great great okay so um i i am i have not read any of your books um but i'm gonna definitely check them out because they sound very intriguing um just be based on the historical fiction plus a little bit of fantasy like that that just sounds amazing so well, I would love exciting. to send you your first one on me. So oh, you awesome. Which one you want, and I will mail it to you. Awesome. Thank you so much. That would be <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, so I wanted to go back. I know this is totally shifting gears, but I wanted to go back to um, back to the travel aspect because I want to hone in on something that you said where um, you talked about your trip with your mom and that you had very different expectations that didn't really work out. And the reason why I wanted to hone in on that is because um, – I think that is such an important element before you go on any trip is know your ex, like what you want to get out of that trip before you go. And so that way, like you're very clear, like this is a trip we're going to do this, or this is what I want to experience. Like you said, like you wanted to immerse yourself in the local culture and meet people. Um, and so I think that's a, that's a, that's an important element, um, for, traveling and being present. And so that's what I wanted to ask you about is how do you, how do you go all in with travel and fully immerse yourself so that when you are traveling, like you, you feel like you're getting the best experience at what you, of what you're looking for? Huh, that's a good question. I'll give you an example here. We've got a couple trips planned for the end of the year, but just last night we were planning, uh, we were looking at our parent, we're going to Paris for Christmas again, which is something that, that we- That sounds amazing. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a really nice way to spend Christmas and not make it. And not make either of your families mad or make both of them mad. <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> um, so we were looking at some of the some of the different things we could do. We we're looking at some different sites. 
what we normally do is we ask each other, you know, what do you want to do this trip? Or what did you like? When it's a revisit, we say, you know, what did we want to do that we did last time? What mm-hmm. do we not want to do again? And what we decided on was it was really important to go. He, my husband really wanted to go to this restaurant that we went to last time. In fact, he wanted to go twice. So we had <laughs> to book it twice because it's around Christmas time. So you got to book early. So that uh-huh. was really the second thing we decided is the last time we went for Christmas, we went, we went and saw this beautiful show at um, the Saint Chapelle. It was like this, you know, beautiful uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas concert, classical music thing. It was uh-huh. lovely. And so we're like, okay, we're going to do that. And then he said, what else? And I said, well, I want to go back and see this castle. I want to see this chateau and this. Mm-hmm. And so then we just kind of have those ideas in our mind. We're going to go do these things. We don't set them in a rigid plan. Uh-huh. When he looks at the computer, he says, okay, for that one, we'll have to rent a car. So when we get there, we'll decide what day we're going to rent the car, and we'll do that. Uh-huh. Okay, this one you can get to by train. We'll just go to the train station, whatever day we decide to do that, and we'll take the train there. So it, it's like you have a plan, and we know what we want to do, but none of it's like, okay, and then at 3 o'clock, we go here. Right, and then, yes. Because that gets where you're not having fun anymore. So I would say you sketch out your ideas. You know, you both come together. You talk about what your ideas are. What are the things that are most important to you? Maybe just like every, like both people's top five or uh-huh. top three, even depending on this, the length of the trip. And then figure out kind of if you have time to do those things and then really book the things that you have to book, but then worry about the other things. For like, you know, like you maybe are, you get there Monday, Tuesday, you have something and then you're like, I'm not really sure. Well, maybe Wednesday you wake up and you go, okay, well, we want to do this. But if you mm-hmm. already had it all regimented, yes. then you yes. don't feel like doing that anymore. So Exactly. So have a plan, but be open, I guess, yes. is my best. Yes. I, long story long. So that's how we kind of approach it. Um, you know, like you know, like the last trip we went to Colorado, like my husband really wanted to, to hike, but I kind of at that, on that trip, like I didn't really want to, like, I wanted to kind of just kind of chill. And so we just needed to make sure like we were aligned, like, okay, if you want to hike, let's, you know, squeeze this in on, you know, let's do it on this day. And then we'll also have time where, you know, I could do what I wanted to do. Um, but we also keep it very open. Like we just went to Alaska and Alaska is so large that it's like, you know, you have to go away here and, and everything is almost like a full day. Um, but we kept it very open of, you know, okay, well, you know, we want to, we know we, 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 where we want to, you know, we want to go to the coast one day or we want to go up north to Denali one day or you want to go see the glaciers one day. Um, but didn't like have it like, okay, at this day at eight o'clock, we're going to get, you know, we just kind of let it flow once we got there, what we felt like doing. Okay. Maybe we didn't feel like being in a car for six hours. So we're going to push that to the next day. So I would agree. I will tell you this, that the, the reason we learned that was because the first time we went to Paris, we, the first time we, we went abroad, was the first time? I think maybe the second or third time we went abroad together, we did an Amsterdam-Paris trip. Puppy. Sorry, <laughs> I got a, a rogue dog here. Um, we did an Amsterdam-Paris trip, and we dipped. You know, it was horrible temperatures. It was a lot colder than we thought, so we were all kind of unsettled by that. Mm-hmm. So we took the train down to Paris. We got frozen on the tracks for, like, nine hours. Oh, gosh. A nightmare. So when we got there, we had li- very limited time. We were only going to be there for three days. And my husband, it was our first time ever being in Paris. And so he decided we had to see everything, like everything. Uh-huh. And so we were like, you know, getting on the metro and walking and walking in the snow 
and going to you know, every museum and going to the Eiffel Tower and walking to Notre, Notre Dame and going everywhere. And neither one of us had any fun. We uh-huh. were just, it was like just ticking off a list at that point. We were arguing. I, we were snapping at each other. I was like, I hate you. I hate <laughs> Paris. I hate everything. Crying. It was terrible, but it was because he had this idea in his head, like, we have to check off everything. Uh-huh. And ever since then, we've been like, no, we don't have to check off everything. We don't have to go to anywhere that people say you should go. Uh-huh. We can sit in a cafe all day if we want to. And that's made all the difference, like, not necessarily having any expectations at all. Yes. I love that. I love that. Um, I, I've been on trips before where I'm like, I'm totally cool sitting in this coffee shop, looking at the mountains, just chilling. But then people I'm with are like, no, we've got to go, go, go. We have to see, see, see. And I'm like, no, you don't like, no. just be present. Just, just, just enjoy, enjoy that you're in a new location with new scenery and just like, take it in, like step away from the itinerary. <laughs> and I just mean, we've enjoy. Been, like, We've, when we went to Scotland last year, we literally spent, I would say, most of one day just in bed. Like, uh-huh. And we both were like, we're so stressed out and tired. We just need a, we just need a day in bed. And maybe that's a waste. But also, what is vacation for? Like, right? Yeah. You know, we'll, do, we'll do all the things tomorrow. Today, we need to sleep. We need to just relax. So um, I felt guilt when we were in Alaska. I have a terrible time adjusting to time zones. And granted, Alaska from you know, the Midwest is only, I think a three hour time difference, but it just, I mean, it just kills me. It'll and, you. Yeah. And so like, I, you know, was wide awake at like 3am and super tired by four. And I had this guilt, like I wanted to lay down and just like chill. And I felt guilty. I'm like, no, I'm on vacation. I need to be doing things. And I just had to come to the realization, like, look, like I just need to chill and it's okay because we're still chilling in Alaska. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think that sometimes we forget why we go on trips and it's to escape from, it's to find the version of ourselves that we can't be when we have all of our responsibilities. Yeah. And sometimes yes. that person is someone who just needs to sit in a coffee shop all day and write in a journal or yes. read a book, you know, yes. that's fine. Yeah. We, and I will say that we, um, we are, po- we are uh, fans of Airbnb VRBOs when we travel. Um, and I always like try to find the, like the quirkiest, cutest little like cottage. And the one in Alaska was absolutely just gorgeous. And it was, you know, the, the owners were artists. So there's a lot of eclectic art in it. And there wasn't even a TV. There was a TV like up in the bedroom, but not in the main floor. Um, they had an awesome like collection of music. And we just would like, play music and no TV and sat and played Scrabble, like something we would never do when we're in, when we're here and when the kids are here and the jobs and the, you know, and and the go, go, go. Like we just became like fully immersed in our surroundings and just, you know, like you said, just enjoyed a different version of ourselves and allowed ourselves to, you know, just kind of enjoy each other rather than, you know, what, what we would normally be in our crazy, busy, normal, normal lives. Yeah, that's exact, and that's and that's what a vacation is. And gee, that's what a trip is. I would not even like the word vacation, really. Like, it's a trip. You know, it's a uh-huh. trip away from yourself, or it's a trip to a new place, or to a new version of you. So yeah, that's- yeah. So, okay, so I'm going to ask you a couple um, questions now. What okay. is your absolute favorite aspect of traveling? <sighs> um. I like walking the city. The mm-hmm. city streets are my favorite thing. Just walking around and kind of 
looking up into the windows and seeing how other people live and thinking about it, what it would be to, to live there. Uh-huh. That's my favorite thing is kind of placing myself in a new place and thinking about what would my life be like, uh-huh. you know, would it be exactly the same, just in a different place or would I be a different person or uh-huh. I, don't know, that, I guess to put it concisely, it's the possibility. It's the possibility yes. that travel shows you. I like that. I like that. What is your favorite out of all the trips you've been to? Like, what is your favorite, absolute favorite destination that you've been to? Gosh. <laughs> well, gosh, my husband would say the Amalfi Coast. That's his favorite. And I love it a lot. Um, we've, you know, we make a lot of good friends places we travel. Uh-huh. I don't know what, what my favorite would be. It's like, that's a, I, I don't know. It, it really depends on what time of year it is. Uh-huh. I, but I will tell you this. Of all the places I've ever traveled to, the place I felt like I could live was in Antwerp, Belgium. There was okay. just something about it. It's not the best. I don't, wouldn't say it's the greatest city in Belgium even. It's just, it just to me, walking the streets, I felt like this could be home. Like it's uh-huh. beautiful, but it's also livable. And to me, like – he loves the Amalfi Coast. I couldn't live there. Like, uh-huh. I got to be able to like go to a store or like yeah. have Amazon deliver, you know, at least once a week. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I like how you meant, I like how you mentioned time of year. Like I, I don't know that I could narrow down um, one specific because for me, like, um, Marion trips with like experiences and certain times of the year, like, um, it's just, you know, it's not just like, okay, I like to go to, you know, Colorado. I, you know, I like to go to Colorado in the fall. Like, you know, like, you, like specific yeah. times where you, where there are certain, you know, um, elements and aspects and, and experiences that you can experience. So, but international is definitely on my list. I feel like I'm missing out on like a whole like new realm of travel um, outside there. Stuff. It's some good stuff. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to beat. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's just so many cool places. We just went to Spain. Like last year, we went to Budapest. I mean, there's just, there's so many places that I would go again. We went to Copenhagen a couple of Christmases ago. It was beautiful. I mean, they had like right, live reindeer that like lived near there that weren't just like brought in for a little right. bit. <laughs> you know, it was, there's so many like just magical places, but it's, it's hard to pick, to pick one. It's like uh-huh. you want to just pick all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now that you have, you know, you've been able to, you know, establish a career, you know, like you started out in one career, you switched to a different one. You've been able to create a location indie career um, that where you've been able to now, you know, marry your passion for travel uh, with your career. So what is your best piece of advice to someone who, you know, has dreamed about creating something like that, but just seems like, like it's just totally out of reach? Uh, well, I would say a couple of things. One, I would say don't force it mm-hmm. because all the people that I see that are like, you know what, like I'm going to work from home now. And so I'm going to do, you know, this MLM company and I'm going to make money and I'm going to, I feel like that's forcing it so much that you just, you get wrapped up in something that that wasn't why you wanted to stay home. It yes. wasn't just so that you could stay home and, you know, shell some products or whatever. Yeah. It was because you wanted to work from home for some reason, right? Yeah. Like you had something that you want. I would say you have to find a passion 
and pursue it, but also be open to things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I really thought I was going to be a yoga teacher, mm-hmm. but they, you know, but the, but this other thing came along and he said, do you want to write for my fitness site? Yes, I do. I could uh-huh. have said, no, I want to teach yoga. Why won't you hire me to teach yoga? Yeah. Or I'm going to find someplace else. But I was open to that and it opened up a whole, you know, whole different destination for me. Mm-hmm. I never thought I could write a book. I mean, I uh-huh. never, ever. The only reason I ever did was because I thought this is something I want. I found a topic and I thought I really want to read a book about this and I couldn't find that book. And so uh-huh. I said, yes, I have to read it. So I guess my best advice would be, you know, don't force it, be open to opportunities that, you know, because other things are kind of laying in wait and disguise behind some opportunities and three to really find where the void is in the world or a whole, you know, like a, a hole that doesn't have anything in it and then find a way to fill that. Like uh-huh. for me, it was finding a, making a book that I wanted to read and no one else was writing it. So I did. Uh-huh. Awesome. That's so, awesome. That's, yeah. that, that's really good advice. Um, and, and I could say just from my own experience, from my own entrepreneurial journey, like I've, I've, you know, I've done it all. Like I, I tried to, you know, force things that I thought would, you know, like I started out, like I wanted to like create a, like my own, you know, my own business where I could like own my time and own my, you know, control my income. And, um, but what I, what I found is I was like, it was, it was coming from such a place of, um, urgency because I had set these like, uh, you know, unrealistic expectations. And I found myself like taking on, like you said, like some MLM stuff that didn't really fit with me. Um, yeah, trying to like, set- serving you. yeah, yeah. And so I've, you know, I've had the journey and I just kind of like let my stuff kind of evolve for what I feel like, you know, um, like you said, just na- like, let it just naturally happen. And, you know, if you got to switch gears or pivot, then you pivot. Um, but you know, I, I never in a, in a, million years would think that I would be, you know, have, having a podcast and a food blog and, you know, and helping bloggers create online courses to complement their current, you know, products and services and content. So, you know, you know, yeah. know. <laughs> you, you found a, you found a void and you filled it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So tell the readers where they can find you out there on the internet. So I am, I have a Facebook page. It's Alexander and Nolan author. I have uh, Instagram at Alexandria Nolan. Is that what it is? Yes, it is. <laughs> I was like, I feel like you change them sometimes. And on Amazon, just search Alexandria V. Nolan. There is another Alexandria Nolan on Amazon who wrote a book that looks kind of troubling. That is not me. Mine is <laughs> Alexandria V. Nolan. I have an author page on Amazon. It has all my books on it. So okay. That's- the best places to find me. And we will include links um, to all of your sites in the show notes and on, you know, when we post the um, episode on social media, so everyone can find you and head to Amazon and check out some of your books. So great. Thank well, you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am, I, I love to talk to people that have the travel bug that I have. And also I was excited to talk to you because you've just, you've created that. What I feel like is that perfect situation where you have a career and you're able to travel. It's just, it's just amazing. So thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. All righty. Well, we will talk to you soon. I hope so. Take care. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode today with Alex. I absolutely love talking travel with anybody and talking to Alex about her international travel and how she got started. It's just amazing. And I absolutely love and support um, the idea of creating a career around what you love. And it's never too late to get started doing that. Um, You know, I'm here as an example of, you know, if you want to call 41 midlife. Um, But, you know, pressing the reset button and, you know, finding a a new avenue and and chasing my passions and and creating a life around what I love. And so if that is something that interests you, um, you can join our Wanderlust and Wellness Academy, which the doors are open now for joining. And then all of the courses that will be available inside the academy will be available by the end of the year. Right now, the URL to join the Wireless and Wellness Academy is www.myelearningacademy.com. Um, that will be changing, but for now, that's the URL. And um, if you want to also jump in our Facebook community group, wanderlessandwellness.org to join um, us in the Facebook group. And of course, you can connect with Alex. Uh, URLs that we will include in the show notes. Plus, you can go to www.wildsandwellness.org forward slash podcast and find um, Alex's episode number 19, where you can connect uh, and find all of our URLs there too. So thank you again for joining me and we'll see you again later this week. You've been listening to the Wanderlust and Wellness Podcast. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and subscribe to the Wanderlust and Wellness Podcast to enjoy all of our upcoming episodes. And while you're there, go ahead and drop us a review. And be sure to follow Wanderlust and Wellness at www.wanderlustandwellness.org or jump on our mailing list to get instant access to all of our recipes, Wanderlust tips, and resources on how you can take your blog to the next level with online courses at www.wanderlustandwellness.org forward slash email. And speaking of blogging, if you're ready to stop worrying about page views and ad revenue and start creating a profitable online course that will complement your current blog content and bring in revenue, then join our Blogger to Course Creator Facebook group at www.wanderlustandwellness.org forward slash blogger to course creator. Please note that I am not a registered dietitian or a medical professional. The views I express are mine alone based on my own experiences and should not be taken as medical advice. Please speak with a medical professional before making any changes to your current routine.